0: This is Sailor. Welcome to another episode of Metal Rock and Whiskey. Hey, everybody. It's Sailor here, and uh, we are upside down tonight. I mean, we have guests from down under.
1: (laughs) Upside down again.
0: (laughs) It's a very special night here. (laughs) Actually, yeah.
1: Go ahead. Sorry.
0: Well, I was just gonna say that we are continuing the ongoing joke. We're continuing our Aussie series. Uh, It's been a while. I know there was a few shows in between. Um, Our last show being probably one of the funniest shows we've ever done, hands down. Uh, The response was pretty amazing. And uh, I had I took me a long time to recover, but we're back to the discussion about Australia and the music and the whiskey. And we decided to have two of our friends from Down Under join us. We have Adrian and Vic here tonight to school us on what true Aussie culture is.
2: We brought, Adrian, in, we brought in the well expert. Done, well done,
0: We did. Yeah, and I believe, yeah. Adrian, you have some corrections that need to happen right here at the top of the show.
2: Yes. Well, look, just in response to uh, part one, just um, uh, some minor corrections, you could how say. Much t- how much time um, do we have? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I <I'm> not- <laughs> oh, wasn't that bad. Give it but, to us. Um, yeah, look, it, even though it's spelled – Aussie as in A U S S I E. it's actually pronounced Aussie as in Aussie Osborne um yeah that's just an easier way I, I realized it was said um Aussie I think you were saying it and um <laughs> I did cringe a little bit but anyway you get that um Marmite's actually British
0: terrible of me and, to pronounce um, it as it's spelled <clears throat> what was I thinking
2: oh uh, who, who would have thought it <laughs> and um yeah, so, <clears throat> excuse me, yeah, Marmite's um, more British, more popular, it's a bit runnier than the Vegemite uh, cousin yeah. that it is, and um, yeah, crowded house uh, from New Zealand, <laughs> not Australia.
0: <laughs> that I really and thought they were from yeah. Australia, I don't know why.
2: Yeah, no, no,
0: no Neil and
3: Tim Finn originally from New Zealand. Isn't, isn't New Zealand our third and fourth island of the Australian archipelago? Mm-hmm.
0: Oof! I don't
3: think they would agree with that. Jeez! No, 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 no. You <laughs> You're to you yeah. I think I've just lost yeah. all my New Zealand followers.
0: Uh, yeah, I think so.
3: New Zealand followers, <laughs> uh-huh. we
0: are sorry. We love you. Don't leave.
3: <laughs> all right, now we got to
1: do a New Zealand episode.
0: Now we do. Come
1: on. Yep. yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It'll just be crowded house and Russell Crowe. But anyway.
3: Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Russell uh, Crawley's. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I guess it's better than having Mel Gibson. Sorry. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, why we you.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> We are we are missing one of our brothers tonight. Ed is uh out being a knight in shining armor. He is rescuing his daughter from a broken down car so hopefully he'll be jumping on Um, Otherwise, we're just going to have to do a show without him, and uh, he should just send us his samples of whiskey since he didn't make it. So that's my thoughts on that. But before we get into the discussions of the night, which we're going to learn a bit about Australian whiskey, and um, we're going to talk about what it was like for these fellows to grow up um, in Australia and, you know, their experience growing up with music and rock. Before we do that, Matt, do we have any um, current news to talk about?
1: Uh, I the news bank for me is dry, other than I would say. Well, I guess it is news. I mean, we did lose a few uh, great musicians uh, in the time since we lo- recorded our last episode. So, yes. um, yeah, unfortunately, Joey Jordison of Slipknot. We lost um, Dusty Hill of ZZ Top, um, and yeah, and Mike Howe of. Mm-hmm. Uh, metal church unfortunately and as i said on instagram these things tend to happen in threes usually we've seen it before in the course of this and uh it happened again so it's just really sucks really sucks love all three of those guys
0: yeah uh we covered CZ top uh i think we did a double header with CZ top right if i'm If not mistaken, yeah, we did a five-way battle or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So go back through the archives, guys. Um, if you want to listen to that episode. So tonight, um, you know, pour one out for Dusty and all of his contributions to music. So, all right, we got that shit out of the way um by the way if you still have comments about our pizza episode we still want to hear them so please write in let us know who's right and who's wrong i mean you know that ed's wrong we get it we know already but you know we just need the evidence (laughs) so continue to tell us what you think about pizza versus casserole and a crust and then i'll just leave that there (laughs) since he's not on the show (laughs)
1: Even burying him when he's not here.
0: <laughs> he's, he's, he's a trooper, I'll tell you.
1: Yeah, yeah. he, he took a he took a lashing.
0: Yes, last, he did last
1: time. Yeah.
0: So Matt, do you want to take uh, us into the whiskey section after of a little song? Yes, let's do it. <sighs>
3: car crash we hope you don't mind a web killed all your family and you loved ones and let them be sent sorry for the accident we
0: didn't need a car that was rat cat with a car crash
3: and i'll drink to that one of the best awesome bands ever <laughs> very
1: underrated van. um mm-hmm. All right. So, as Sailor said before that song, we're going to talk about whiskey now. And, guys, I always say if you heard any of the other shows that we've done before, whiskey might be the third word in the title of our show, but it is not the least important by far. Uh, This is where we basically go around and we shoot the shit about what we're drinking. So, we always start with our guests. So, Adrian, Vic, which one you guys want to go first about what you're drinking tonight? All right, Vic. (coughs) Sorry.
2: Um, Tonight, I have. Well, it's today for me. It's 10 in the morning, so it's only a, a small snifter. But i um, oh, getting used to this backwards camera. I have Wild River. Now, Wild River Elevation, this is batch one. Um, I've just finished it. So as you can see, it's a bottle kill. This was released a couple of years ago. Um, it's a very small uh, husband and wife team that produced this whiskey up in the Atherton Tableland. So, um Just trying to think. With Australia, it's up near Cairns. Cairns is top right-hand corner, Great Barrier Reef, etc. This is so it's a really humid climate up there. Now, where Wild River is situated, they're about an hour, hour and a half west up on the tableland. So, hence the name elevation, and um, it's over a thousand meters. I can't remember exactly. I should have done my research a bit. Thirteen hundred meters uh, higher. So it's a lot. Cooler and it's um, there's some big temperature variations, so therefore they get the most out of their wood. Um, all Australian and um, yeah, it's one of the best that I've ever had. And he released batch three on the weekend, which uh, sold out within I don't know, Vic what was it an hour, wow. two something hours, like just, that. just under there. two
3: hours, sold out completely.
1: Mm. Amazing. I feel like this yeah. is
0: something that we're gonna need. Uh yeah. referred to several times <laughs> the map of Australia. <laughs>
1: Unfortunately for those listening you can't well, see but we have a map of Australia up right now from oh, world at- okay. from
0: worldatlas.com. Yes.
1: World at- <laughs> if you if you if you Ooh. want to follow uh, along well, at home.
0: Yeah, but if you're watching on YouTube so in, um, you yeah. can you can see the map <laughs> and me. uh last time on the show um we were drinking Hobart, right?
2: Correct. So All right. So, yep. so what, you're, yep.
0: what you're talking about is what, tell me again, what area that is in reference to this All map. See
2: right. So you have the top, top right-hand corner, it says Cairns, C-A-I-R-N-S. Yep. Right up top of the tip, right-hand side. So, um, oh, wow. that's very true. That, that's where I grew up actually, just in that area. Oh. So great barrier reef, very tourist orientated, very hot and humid, but, um, yeah, Wild River, about an hour inland. Really oh. elevated as well, so up on the table end. So, yeah, it's a really different, nice area. And um, the whiskey that they provide, second to none, and I'm really sorry that you can't smell this because it's red gum, which is, um, well, not the Australian band, which we'll probably talk about later, but it's a, a type of wood that they use, X jack Daniels Barrel, and um, yeah, really, really phenomenal stuff. My nosing notes and everything aren't the best. I just like what I smell and like what I drink. So um, yeah, for describing it, I think Vic is—he's uh, the one with the nose.
0: So you, you said X Jack Daniels barrel. Is this—is uh, that a, a consistent thing that they do, or is it only for this expression?
2: Uh, I think he's done about three. He's done all of his elevations in the Jack Daniels barrel. Yeah. He has got other barrels. Um, he's doing. He's experimenting with four grains, and he's got a heap coming that I can't really talk too much about because we're friends with with Wes, and um, yeah, we're really excited with what he's what he's coming up with for just being a a really small backyard distillery. So um,
0: it's really cool.
2: Yeah, i uh, I'll be sure to send you some when I get the new bottle hopefully
0: next week. Awesome. Thank you. That sounds amazing. Hmm. love to try that. So it's an interesting starting right off kind of, we're hitting the discussion of terroir, which we talk about often on the show and which is a really incredibly Mm -hmm. important discussion. I mean, Australians now are known for, you know, being one of the biggest new world wine producers and, you know, you have award-winning wines and, um, You know, I know that it's not new for you guys, new for the rest of the world, new-ish, I guess, um, I should say. But terroir plays such an important part in everything that we grow, whether we eat it or drink it. So, um, again, very similar to the U.S., you guys have a vast uh, amount of different climates in your country, correct? So what we were drinking on the last show and what you're drinking now, completely different climates is that
2: would you say that's accurate yes absolutely um tasmania is a lot cooler well a lot colder for the one because they well you can't really see on the map but it's probably uh, just i'm thinking flight wise uh, three hours sydney to cairns and to get to um tasmania from sydney is probably another like two hours south so there's like a five-hour flight between the north and the south so that's to give you a bit of an idea of distance and um yeah it's definitely um definitely big differences in the weather there for sure
0: awesome that's that's really cool but i don't think of australia like that i primarily think of you know the beaches and then i think of the outback you know being desert and dry and acrid and that's pretty mm. much it that's pretty much what i what I, and i just assumed your coasts were similar to the california coast, where they would be dry as well still but on the coast so yeah learning something um, new every day
2: yeah well up, up north around cairns it's very tropical as well so rainforest daintree rainforest and um yeah very green very it's also very wet as well so um yeah, we've we've got a bit of everything here in Australia, which is good. And, and you're not wrong about the the deserts in the middle. And yeah, it's, we've we've just got everything. So, and we've got distillers all over. We've got distillers in Perth, which is on the west coast, and right down south. One of <clears throat> excuse me, one of the ones, those Floriaws I sent you the message in a bottle. That's down near Adelaide. Yeah, sorry, that's right. it's really going. I'll um I'll continue. I'll fix it while you. Catch <clears throat> it. Hey, you're all
3: right, You're good. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I am now.
3: <laughs> Nothing like some whiskey. Absolutely.
0: So I'm referring to, the, to map, like, the map the map the map again, and so mm-hmm. okay, so Adelaide, I see. So Adelaide is but not as far down as Tasmania. so
3: yeah. Adelaide Thank and you. Perth, Perth on the, on the left, on the west coast is where the big great whites are. you can actually dive with the great whites and in, in Adelaide.
0: No, thanks. a there's a, I'll there's skip a that. tour. Yeah. <laughs> no,
3: no, you, you dive inside a <clears> a, ca- <throat> a cage. You dive no, inside thanks. a cage, I'm good. and um, they've got tours. <laughs> no, you should really try it because they've got tours and you go to um, swim with the seals, and uh, it's great. He's a head. Great oh, his head! I love There he is. It. Oh <laughs> my god! What a day! <laughs> <laughs> what a day! You made it. Good eye. Good night, Mike. How you going?
4: <laughs> oh shoot.
0: Well, oh, nice man. of you to join us, Ed.
4: Yeah. Glad I could make it. <laughs> Almost did.
0: We uh we just started talking about whiskey and Adrian was sharing um with us what he was drinking. We were talking a little bit about the different climates, the different, you know, the the I mean uh, they've got you know jungle climate you know we talked last time about um tasmania and you know desert climate and so on so we're just discussing that a little bit as far as origins for some of these whiskeys
3: sweet all right
0: so vic what are you drinking tonight
3: i've uh, i've started with a rum from the same place as adrian whiskey wild river and um I'm waiting on on the whiskey. I actually did not send this rum to Ed because had not been released yet, and it's great. He actually aged this rum on a whiskey barrel. <laughs> so okay. So it's um uh, it's great. It's Is it a bourbon great.
0: barrel? Do you know if it's bourbon or Scotch barrel or what, what type of whiskey barrel?
3: The Australian whiskey. So what he's done oh, okay. he he used he used a another bourbon <laughs> barrel, and he distilled some whiskey, threw it in there. Well, it wasn't whiskey, it became distillate. Threw it in there, aged it, and then he refilled it with the rum, and it's amazing. But since we are talking about whiskey, I'm going to Jawaja. Now, Jawaja is about an hour and a half, an hour, an hour hour drive south from where I am. I'm in um, the outskirts of Sydney, 60K, which is about 50 miles out of Sydney, south of Sydney, and um, it's, uh, again, like most distilleries in Australia, husband and wife, they have Spanish heritage. So they age most of their, um, well, 99% of their um, spirit in um, ex-Spanish sherry, mainly Pedro Ooh. Jimenez B X barrels. So it's a very sweet. I've got a sweet tooth, so I love it. Um, <laughs> it's not everyone's cup of tea, especially the cask strength. Mm-hmm. And um, the cask strength comes in at... Um, Sixty-four point one percent, so one hundred twenty-eight point two. Um, the weather down there. Imagine, imagine a valley, a valley, uh, Where would it be in? Uh, where would it be in, in? the US? Where's what's? Oh yeah, there you go, Rocky Mountains. Imagine the base of the Rocky Mountains, and there's a okay. nice distillery there. Imagine a hundred, go back a hundred years, and there's a little township. That's uh, there's a lot of shale rock and there's a little township being formed, mainly Scottish migrants, and uh, all of a sudden boomed to a few thousand people, and uh, of course, being Scottish, they had to uh, make some whiskey there. They had the high school, they had the school, they had um, they had everything there, so they're mining shale, and that's what Joaja is, is an historic township. The shale run out, they're on stream, of course, the shale run out, they moved out. Everything went to ruins. Huh. And a few years ago, someone decided to, um, if I'm talking too fast, you let me know because I get excited when I start talking about these guys. <laughs> You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so a few years ago, actually a couple of dozen years ago, a guy decided to uh, start a distillery there. It didn't go very well. Uh, the, not that the planning was poor. It's it's isolated, and um, government does not help anyone in Australia. There's no incentives. For um, any of the distillers, if anything, you get crushed by tax. Uh, I, I like said here. this to everyone. I said this to everyone in my life, so everyone I speak to. In Australia, where there's a federal tax, which applies to all imports of spirits and anyone making spirit in Australia, which is $85 per liter of alcohol that you distill or import. So if you bring in, for example, two liters of bib bottled in bond, which is 50%, half. So you bring in two liters, which is the total of alcohol and that is one liter. So those two bottles of one liter, two one liter bottles you bring into Australia, you will be paying straight away $85 federal tax to the government, straight up. That's why bourbon is so expensive in Australia or, and even mm. Scotch. Also imagine a couple, Doing their dream, distilling, making whiskey, you know, they have daytime jobs. Wes and Amy up in North, Adrian was talking about Wild River, and Valero and Elisa down South, Georgia, they all have jobs, daytime jobs. Because every pure liter of alcohol they make, they get smashed, absolutely thrown against the wall by the government, Australian government, with federal tax. Now, if you're one of the bigger boys and you start exporting, you start getting some of the money back to rebates. For example, Star Wars. Everything that Star Wars sends over there to you guys, they do not pay the federal tax, the 80%, which is an incentive to export. But in my personal opinion, as a whiskey drinker and as a proud Australian, we should help our a bit, a bit more. Now, this whiskey. If you guys want to stop for a break, let me know. Because we go all day long. <laughs> <For> <again. laughs> now, this is like... Um, this is like a uh, sucking on, on, on a lollipop, sweet. It's got sweet caramels, a lot of vanilla, not that Scotch vanilla that you would expect from a cold weather whiskey. It's, it is a single malt. And now they do um, grain to, uh, we call it paddock, paddock to bottle because we call our fields paddocks. So it's a uh, field to bottle um, Just now. They grow their own barley, 100% barley. Edged on exclusively uh Pedro Ximenez cask, this one here, and it's it's wonderful. If you like PX wow. casks, if you like Scott's, that's my
0: favorite. Those are my My you. absolute favorite, Matt. You you're a big fan too, right, of X-Ferry casks? Oh <laughs>
1: hell yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. I have to favorite. send you
3: guys. I have to send you guys some of these. Hopefully, it will not it will not Sounds break. Sounds phenomenal. Mm-hmm. If one one last thing, they um they are a bit exposed to the weather, not as much. They're like sort of like up in Cairns, where's where's is on a plateau, so it's, it, it doesn't get the really extreme humidity, extreme heat. It still gets hot. These guys are in the valley. But occasionally you get um, the really stinking hot days. And um, the old abandoned mines, there's a few tunnels down there. So Valero is going to throw a few barrels in there and will be a very similar aging process as in Scotland. So you have to realize these guys are in a the valley. They've got their own spring water, which they use. So very similar to Scotland. Mm-hmm. So it will be very interesting to put them up against, say, a Macallan 12 sherry cask, or even a fine Arc, the triple cask, something like that. And um, by the way, guys, mm-hmm. in Australia, due to our quick aging process, due to the weather, it's two years. So in two years... You can call a bottle, you can call a spirit whiskey after two years, 24 months. Most people age them for 30 months. It's the average Australian whiskey. So, cheers.
0: Interesting. Cheers. That sounds phenomenal. And a true sense of place. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Well, damn. Matt, what are you drinking?
1: Well, course for an episode about Australia and everything Australia with guests from Australia I had to drink American whiskey so (laughs) (laughs) no honestly I had I had the Starward Nova and I finished it last time that we we recorded so I didn't replenish so I apologize but um, I did pick up as I told you sailor Sazerac rye the Mm six-year Sazerac rye and that is what I'm drinking tonight and you know I might piss some people off with this that are listening that are real like those diehard buffalo trace drinkers but this is not as good as i remember it being unfortunately i'm actually pretty disappointed in it honestly drinking it straight right now i, I remember you this, yeah i
0: feel this i feel like uh, i don't know there's a huge shift happening of course you know i mean in buffalo trace and i can t- i can taste i can taste the shift
1: it's it, it and we, we talk about it, too. Your your palate grows. The more that you drink, the older you get, it shifts. It changes. You go back to something that you, you loved and you haven't had in seven, eight, nine years. And you might not like it. You might find different notes. It might have evolved and grown on you and gotten better. But it's been a number of years since I've had this. And to me, just drinking it right now, um, it's just extremely thin, and it lacks that depth of um, what I got what I remember it being, which is a lot of dark fruit and citrus and it's just completely sterile tasting to me. It's, it's the weirdest thing, but like you said, it speaks to what you just said, sailor about, about that.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, we've talked about the, it's been a long time since we talked about flavor drift on the show and just, you know, when the big, when the big distilleries are making shifts to, to meet demand and, you know, you do what you got to do, but I think the newer whiskey drinkers might not notice, or if that's what they're introduced to, that's what they know. But for me, I stopped drinking sa- the Sazerac rye a while ago. I use it. It's great in cocktails. I use it as a cocktail whiskey. Yeah. So it's, that's, that's what its purpose is. But I used to love Sazerac rye. And I think, I think it's a combination of my palate growing. I've, I've definitely outgrown rise. Um, I, I wish I would say like maybe mid shelf rye, American rise as I've, been drinking scotch a lot more, Highland Scotch. But when I do go back to the Rise, I'm looking for something that actually has what it's supposed to, what everybody thinks rye is supposed to have. You know, who knows that if that's what it's supposed to have, but the true spicy, dry, acrid whiskey. And um, that does not have it. That does no, not fit the doesn't. bill. And I've had
1: so many of those in the last even two years that fit that. That dry, spicy uh, flavor profile—the classic American rye that you're looking mm-hmm. for—and I've had so many of those that have just been a plus. Uh, and then when I go back to something like this, or even like Pikes- Pikesville, dare I say, it's just—it's not the same, unfortunately.
0: I don't think I would know it in a blind anymore. I think if I—I blind th- I don't think I would know what it was anymore. The Sazerac.
3: Yeah. That's, Do you that's... think they could have changed the mash bill?
0: No, I think it's not just a change. No, I think it's a, it's a, like I said, it's a mixture of change in production. You know, when you're upping production, you know, you're making changes and shifts and also our palates, you know, you're, it's ever evolving and ever changing, especially because right now is probably the best time ever. I mean, I'm sure in 10 years, it'll be even better, but it's the best time to be a whiskey drinker in the U S we have so many craft distilleries. And Adrian and I were talking about this before the show. Our craft distilleries, we desperately need them because otherwise we'll be drinking that subpar Sazerac for the rest of our lives with four (laughs) other Kentucky bourbons, you know. But we need the innovation. We need the creativity. We need the experimentation. We need different terroir. You know, now we finally have distilleries on the West Coast. You know, we have distilleries in the mountains. We've got you know, they're all over the place and that's fairly new for us. So, um, I think that's, it's shifted our palates a lot. And unless you're someone that just sticks to one category of whiskey, I think you're going to find yourself disappointed often. So perhaps instead of us being disappointed, we should just kind of celebrate the fact that our palates have changed. I don't know. I mean, commercial whiskey tastes, let's just face it, commercial whiskey tastes different. Than non-commercial whiskey.
4: I, I agree with you. And I think part of the reason is now that there is so many craft distilleries coming out with products. Now it's kind of like the veil has been lifted. Yes. You know, all of a sudden we're discovering all these wonderful craft, small, you know, grain to glass mm-hmm. distillers and our, we're being opened up to a whole new world. And then all of a sudden these mass produced giant mega distilleries, their distillate isn't tasting the same as it used to because we're getting accustomed to the stuff that's special.
0: To true flavor, to true like, you know, again, I'm sorry to harp on the word terroir, but it's a sense of place and a taste. I mean, I, I look back at wine when I was first, you know, getting into the wine, you know, wine when I was, Before whiskey, early, early in my career. And it was, there was this argument over New World wines, quote unquote which was such an ignorant point of view because, and let's use Australia, for example. I mean, you you already had third and fourth generation Italians. Let's just use them as an example, or Spaniards that have been cultivating grapes in Australia for generations, but we're calling it new world wine. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure we're the new world. I'm just saying like, you know, I don't know that any of us should be ca- saying the word new world wines, but it we had to break the world out of... French and Italian wine and that was all you had right and then we got you know Chilean wine and you know and then uh, we have wineries in the U.S. that you know in other places than California and it was just it's a similar thing that happened and now you don't bat an eye when you see a local winery you don't you don't even right when you guys agree that if you see a winery in Ohio or wherever you're not like oh I wonder what that's like you're just like oh there's a winery it's going to be the same with with distilleries as well. So yeah, it's
4: become pretty much ubiquitous at this point.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I think you're right. I think it to me, I think I notice commercial distillate, and that's what I'm not enjoying. And I think it's exactly what you said, Ed. We are exposed to so, to so many different flavors, and just it's. I don't know if you want to say higher quality. I mean that's subjective, of course, but just more true taste, I would say, more true flavor. Um, and, And again, the experimentation breaking from the norm. You know, I've gotten into so many arguments with people about Uncle Nearest whiskey and the fact that Tennessee whiskey is bourbon, period. It is the end. This is not an argument anymore. People need to get over it. But also that extra step of filtration does make for a more premium whiskey just by definition. And that people want to argue that with me. And I'm like, well, what makes a premium and what doesn't then? Because then every single craft whiskey should be premium and Buffalo trace and anything they make should be bottom shelf. Right? So, I mean, you, you, it's, you can't have that one argument and only put it in it's, it's ridiculous. So um I think that, you know, I just think we're lucky that we get to live in this time of whiskey. I think we're lucky that we have the technology that we have tonight so that we can share nights like this with people on the other side of the world who can send us samples of whiskey. I mean, <clears throat> samples of olive oil, and uh, we can taste, you know, the sense that we, we can taste what their terroir is like and the sense of place in these little bottles. It's incredible. I think we're just really, really lucky
4: absolutely well said so since you brought that up this last weekend i i visited our local uh distillery here in uh illinois where i grew up and uh got a hold of this um distiller's reserve it's their straight rye whiskey but it is it's barrel it's straight from the barrel i mean sailor when you were here i gave you a sample of their rye it's mm-hmm. is a true. They were this this place was the second estate distillery in the United States. Mm. There's more that have been opened up since, but they're a second. They grow their own grain. They use their own water from their limestone aquifer under their property. I mean, it's all in this bottle. Everything on their property, um, and this is it's fantastic. You know, <laughs> you know, I. You, you tastes something like this, and it's like happy who? You know? Oh God!
0: Like... Please let's not let's not open up that can of worms. I do not have the energy tonight for that discussion.
4: But anyway, <laughs> I won't harp on that. Just had to bring that up since the subject came up.
0: Never heard of him.
4: But in in my glass tonight, I am very fortunate to have something special. It was sent to me by Vic himself. I was saving it for tonight. Um, it's the what was this? I you're gonna have to help me with the pronunciation, Jawaja. That's correct. There you go, distillery. Uh, on. cask strength, Australian single malt. Um, uh, and uh, I guess it's it's uh, aged in um,
3: Oloroso cask. Mm-hmm. I think but, that one is that one is a double wood, so you've got um. An ex bourbon cask. Yes. And an ex olorazo. Okay, 50%. I have Bourbon do-
4: written down there for a reason. That must okay, that yes. was my.
3: Yeah. So that's so the I'll, one I have here. I tell you what, man. I'm
0: so jealous. Double double woods are my uh,
3: favorite. And this. that's their first. Sorry to interrupt. That's batch eleven. And that is their first paddock or field to bottle release. That was the first time oh. that they grew their grain. So that was released last year. So three years ago, they planted some barley, a field of barley. They grew, they harvested, they malted it, and then they brew it, of course, they distilled it, and they put it in the barrels, Uh, 50% on – I think it was two barrels all up. I think it was two or three barrels all up and um, 50% ex-bourbon barrels. From the states, it's a um, trade secret. The brand they don't want to tell the brand, which is absolutely I respect that. And um, some um, exolorosa casks. So there you go. You are I, drinking some great Australian single malt whiskey. I hope you. I hope you I, like it.
4: I am a fan of. Uh, I, I, there was many whiskeys I've had that have been finished in you know oloroso cask or a Madeira cask that adds a little bit more depth of flavor. To it I really enjoy. Um but this I could I could sit here honestly I could smell this all night and be happy. It is just <laughs> it is wonderful. That's, I'm getting
3: go ahead. That that's one um one of the features of Australian whiskeys, <clears> especially <throat> the craft distills We have some distilleries that have grown. They're not craft distilleries anymore. Still great. But uh from the smaller guys, the nosing it's just phenomenal and, 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 it's, and it's a great trait of, of Australian whiskey. It's great. Yeah. I'm so happy I could share that with you guys. Are oh, they I using love, pot love still what the kind of
0: stills are they using Vic in this distillery?
3: Okay, he's got a he's got a pot still. He's got this massive pot still which was hand built in Tasmania. Because at the time they were the only place they could get Tasmania. It's the Queen Island of whiskey in Australia. There's more distilleries in Tasmania than in um all over ireland believe it or not yeah it's one of the cleanest waters there so like you said before ed the bottle that you were you were holding up it's exactly the same everything that's gone into your glass there or in this bottle Mm -hmm. everything is from the jawaja town this local town fantastic everything i I love that that is that is wonderful and it's 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 um a creek like a that's small spring water, basically, and um, very mineral rich. What you guys don't realize is um, I've got, I'm, this is not, I'm not taking anything from anyone, but some of the distilleries, I'm sure it happens in the States too. We have a few in Australia in the main cities, and they use tap water. So you cannot use tap water, obviously, to make whiskey. You have to filter it and you have to strip. All the content out of all the chemical content out of it, all the minerals, everything, and impurities, of course, and chemicals. So, doing that, all the minerals are gone. And then they have to add some things to it to make it water again. Now, these guys, are, that's, I respect craft distilleries. That's the number one reason why I will always remain faithful to them. They use the water that's given to them. Up north in Cairns, the Wild River, they use underground water. Down Joaja, they use the spring water coming shred The river goes right past the property. And now they, of course, they test the water and everything. And that's one thing that us as whiskey drinkers should always ask the question where is the water coming from?
4: I just. Not this, just the grain. Oh, yeah. man. This is, if you like <laughs> raisins, that dried, concentrated, dried, dark fruit. Yes. Oh, my God. That's what this is. It's yes. like opening up a bag of raisins and just sticking your nose in there. It's so yeah. good,
3: and or or even like prunes, um, and, and and it changes. It changes. You you can, you can get similarities to some of the some of the high, well, top shelf. I should say some of the bigger big boys on Scotland, like the McAllen and the Glenrothes from the, that ex bourbon cask.
4: Yeah, brings in
3: that little little bit of spice to cut the
4: sweetness. I mean, forget your imports, man. You got a gem right here. Yes, we do. Holy (laughs) smokes! (laughs) Oh my god, this is this is amazing. Thanks for sending. This is this.
3: Oh my god, I'll send something to Matt and Sila. Yeah, you you need. Thank you. I would would love
0: to try it. Sounds amazing. (laughs) Thank you. Sounds amazing. Well, I'm just kind of lost
4: for words at this point. So,
0: I yeah. also got the opportunity to taste some more Australian whiskeys that Adrian sent me. Thank you, Adrian. And I will tell you, unfortunately, tonight I am not drinking because I am sick. And uh doctor said I'm not allowed to drink for 10 days. <clears throat> so um, I, he sent me four. I tasted two and wrote my notes down. And then the other two I will do on our next show. So um, so first what I tasted was the Mad Dog Morgan um, from – how do you pronounce it, Adrian? Corra – how do you say it? Korowa. Co- Korowa, Okay, from Corrawa Distillery. Corrawa, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so this is from the southeast, is that right, of the country?
2: Um, yeah, it's um – Yeah, it's down on the New South Wales-Victorian border, I believe.
0: Let's refer to our map again. That's (laughs) right. Yeah,
2: (laughs) get the map out again.
3: That's right.
0: (laughs) Okay. So, okay. And where is it? Say where it's from again. Sorry. Oh, shit. What did I just do? Mm. That's (laughs) that's
3: good. That's good. You went to the New South Wales Mm -hmm. map, the map of our state.
0: Oh, okay. So, it's in New South Wales which it's is a very small town to it it. It. it's
3: down south it's down south it's, it's um it's a very small township it's a farm and mm-hmm. um the great thing about this guy is he helps he helps the township he, he has his own cattle it's a cattle farm have you oh you guys have to try Australian beef when you guys come to Australia <laughs> you have to try if you think our whiskey it's another good,
0: podcast
4: <laughs> yeah okay you got to tell me, what what's oh. special about Australian beef? No, what, let's what, not talk
0: about Australian beef. What, what are they? Oh, fed? Yeah. Let's, like, talk, about, fed? Ed, oh, let's sorry. talk about the rye about I'm drinking meat. and then Come move on. on to the music. So <laughs> otherwise we're going to be here all fucking night. So as I was saying, I got to taste <laughs> the Mad Dog Morgan, which is 92 ABV. And um, so it's funny because I could have saved my speech till now and gone right into this because this is exactly what I was talking about. The bold, super dry, spicy, chocolatey, really it had a beautiful viscosity to it. And I don't find that often with rye unless it's a barrel proof. Super, super tasty. This was spot on for rye. I mean, just everything you would expect so many baking spices in here. I mean, just layers and layers and a just a really long finish. Um, and when I say bold, it didn't hit me in the face. It was just present immediately. The taste, the palate was just like the nose. That's a big deal for those of you that are new whiskey drinkers that are listening or not whiskey drinkers. You know, I mean, you can have this with other things. I have this, let's use beer as, as an example, I love the way IPAs smell and it tricks me every fucking time cause I can't stand the taste and I'll smell someone <laughs> drinking it and they'll be like, you want to taste? I'm like, yeah, this one's going to be good. I'm finally going to taste one that I like. And then it kills my palate for like three days. So, um, this it smelled and tasted exactly this. They matched up, which is beautiful. Um, this was just killer. I absolutely loved this. Um, and then I had the um, straight rye from the Gospel Distillers. And uh, so this mm-hmm. one is 90 ABV. And this one was very different than the Mad Dog Morgan, which I really enjoyed. That I felt they were so, so different from each other. And so this one was a lot of sweetness to it, vanilla, vanilla. Um, It gave me similar to what I got from the Mad Dog Morgan, the things I want from a a, a traditional rye, but it had layers of caramel, vanilla, custard, kind of creaminess to it. It had a really nice mouthfeel. I mean, again, this one was just out of the park. These were two phenomenal ryes. I would absolutely, you know, if they were on the shelf here regularly, have these on, on my bar shelf. They were just full of flavor and unique flavor different i i would i would know these are not american rise De- definitely if i tasted them blind i definitely would know this is something else not that i can put my finger on what it is exactly but it's a definitely a, a very different flavor i, I love them so thank you
1: no,
2: i'm glad you enjoyed them
0: absolutely so yay <laughs> for australian whiskey i think we all agree that we are fans mm-hmm. and um let's see if we all agree on music now though shall we
3: <laughs> yes please so I
0: staggered through the night. All right, that was Burn Your Name from Powder Finger. All right. So since we started the show with Adrian correcting us on Crowded House, one of my favorite <laughs> bands ever. They are Kiwis. They are not Aussies. Um why don't so Adrian, when you when we first talked about this, you felt very strongly about several bands that you wanted to make sure we covered. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna let you kick it off with your favorite. Australian rock bands doesn't matter what generation they're from, just your favorites.
2: Well, well look, I, I grew up with um, ACDC, like a lot of um, a lot of guys around my age. Um, but and hold look, on, they're still going. On. And
0: I thought we weren't mm-hmm. allowed to call them ACDC.
2: Oh, what are you going to call it, Arkadaka? <laughs> <laughs> There we go. Now it feels but like a real. I exactly. just wanted to hear you say it. Oh, I know, I know, but it's, it's more uh, akadaka like an old machine gun. That's how you used to think. <laughs> but um, <coughs> excuse me.
0: Akadaka. But yeah. Okay.
2: <laughs> but um, and look, everyone was listening to ACDC, and I just like to be a little bit, a little bit different. And I, I um, first listened to a band called the Angels back in the middle of the '80s. And um, they were, yeah, and um, really stuck with those guys. They're, um, I'm just trying to think now. They're um, very popular pub band sort of in the early 80s, probably even the late 70s. And um, I, I managed to see them twice in Cairns, just a really good pub band and um, just grew and stuck with those fellows. to be honest.
0: All right. And uh, mm. wasn't there another band that you were super, you had super um, strong feelings about? Um,
2: Rose Rose Tattoo for that's sure. Um, that's the one with Angry Anderson as the the lead singer. Um, referring back to the um, the neighbors comment that we had before, he actually sang the the wedding song for Kylie Minogue and Jason Donovan oh, called whoa. Suddenly, which was very, very different and outside of what he was like the bad guy rock and roll sort of um, persona he was trying to project. But, um, yeah, look, Rose okay. Tattoo had a couple of good hits. Again, a pub band around the same era as the Angels. Um, I haven't got to see them yet, but I do believe they are touring now. So hopefully with everything that's going on, they do get to continue touring and I, and I actually get to see them for once. So that'll be good.
3: So I think question... they're touring in the US.
0: Oh, God, I hope yeah, not. Yeah. Tu- they're gonna come back yeah, with COVID. Yeah.
3: <laughs> COVID doesn't affect Australian people. Okay, got it. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are in it the does. US at the moment.
0: <laughs> so I are have they? a question that I want to ask both with. of you guys when when I each of you mm-hmm. when you talk about music, what American rock band did you think was super huge here that may have been bigger there? And you were surprised to find out. They weren't really big here. Um,
1: that's a great
3: question! Wow, it is a good question. Because wow. yeah. mm, like, uh, that rattles the brain a bit. The Germans the bit. have yeah, Hasselhoff,
0: yeah. you know. And when I would tell my German <laughs> yeah. friends, this was pre-internet, I when they were like, you know, oh Hasselhoff, and I'm like, who? And then when they explained who it was, I was like, hold on, hold on. No, that guy is not a musician. He's an actor. And they're like, "No," and they would like show me tapes and I was like, "What? What the? We I didn't even know. I don't even know if he ever if they were US releases. I would have to look that up. So, I just wonder if you guys had anything like that.
1: She goes back to Hasselhoff. My god. <laughs> that's, yeah. A yeah. that's a that's a that's a deep cut. I think we I do think we spent a good amount of time on that man's <laughs> musical endeavors at one point. <laughs> We Goff did. Meister. Yes,
0: we did. Was we he
4: totally a magician, did. Was he? Oh god!
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's like in Europe. Yeah. He, in some yeah, European sheesh. countries, he is like Michael Jackson. And here, oh. I again, I'm gonna look it up. I can't remember if he even had U.S. releases. Like, not only did I, they not release his music, they oh. wanted to make sure we didn't know about his music. No, we went uh, over the. Sure. We went
1: over the. Yeah, we went over the numbers, and we couldn't believe. I think the number of albums he sold, or something yeah. like that, over there That's ridiculous. Yeah, but you
4: ask the average American, and it's like, uh, "Say have what? Heard heard of David <laughs> Hasselhoff's latest album?" we were like, "He's he sings?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he makes music. Okay.
4: Yeah,
0: yeah he was okay yeah. in international star of the year." I mean, yeah, that just doesn't it's it's bonkers. So I just wondered if you guys had something like that where there was a U.S. band that was huge in Australia and we don't like them.
3: <laughs> well, well, we mostly without <laughs> internet, Nickelback. Nickelback.
0: Oh, God. Stop it. <laughs> you are not allowed to talk about Nickelback on this
3: show. Man. <laughs> hey.
0: Adrian, you're a long listener. Hey, you know hey, better. Yeah, I That's, I said it. That's twice this year
1: already.
4: <laughs> we're over. Our have quota. to start
0: another petition. I think,
4: I think David Hasselhoff might be that outlier. You know, I don't think there's too many other bands that
0: there are. Though there's there's um there are God there's British bands too that were like big here but not there. It happens all the time. That stuff happens all the time. But to that's that probably,
4: degree though, that's what I was saying. No, say.
0: probably not. No, you're probably right. Well, I don't mm, no, in other countries no. No, no, you're probably right. That's probably like a big anomaly. But there's a lot of bands that are big in Japan, <laughs> pun intended, that aren't big anywhere else. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so who knows? Um okay, were you guys ABBA fans?
3: Oh, all of Australia's no. ABBA fans. You go you go to any 60 year old birthday, you know, anyone anyone over 60, and all you hear is ABBA all night long. <laughs> I love
0: ABBA, goddammit. That's one of my guilty pleasures. Well, they
3: right? did win a revision, so they must be pretty big in Europe with Germany too. Oh, they're,
0: no, they're huge. Yeah. They're very big. Yeah.
3: they they're huge in Australia, especially with the older generation. And yeah, they and some of the younger generation because they've been exposed to it by their grandparents and some well, of the older. Uh, Priscilla Queen okay, of that, the
0: Desert made them chart again. I don't know if you remember that.
3: Yes, that movie, that's correct.
0: It literally made them chart again, mm. and that's when I found out about ABBA. I mean, I had definitely heard my mom had albums you know, that she would play, but it wasn't like I recognized it. But after that movie, every, everybody my age was into ABBA after Priscilla Queen of the Desert.
4: Okay, I've got a question. All right. So these probably two of the biggest Australian Artists in the U.S. Air Supply, <laughs> That's true, and the BGS. <laughs> were they true. as big in and Australia ABC. as they were the, in the United States?
3: I still listen to the BGS. It's yes. one of the best pick me ups ever. That's as right, I'm concerned. You know, it's
0: mm-hmm. great
3: music. It's um, yeah, it's it's great. I love it. What what do you guys? What do you guys have to um, take into account is, before the internet came along, we only got dribs and drabs. Like, I remember growing up in Melbourne, and um, to get a Megabeth t shirt or a Metallica t shirt, it was like they'll send half a dozen to the country, and man, was I cool when I got my hands on one of them. Just like getting it.
4: Uh, getting bourbon. <laughs>
3: Yes, it was uh, t- t- uh, very similar. That's that's actually yeah. what I was thinking a, a, a few minutes ago. It was very similar to um, he's getting better now, but to getting high, something some really good bourbon. It was, and when one of our friends got a brand new, say, White Snake, or um, <laughs> or a, even Death Leopard, you know, one of them songs, it was like, oh wow, can I borrow? Can I borrow? And and that cassette or that vinyl record. Will go through about 30 kids, mm-hmm. 30 teenagers, you know, oh. until it eventually gets scratched or gets destroyed. And um, man, I remember like five, six of us will go to each other's house and just listen to a brand new single, which came out in the States maybe six months prior. Mm-hmm. And we'll just be all night, like, just repeat, 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 you know. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: I miss Kids, those days. these guys
3: don't know how easy they, they have do. Like, oh, know, they exactly. have
0: no idea. Those
3: days are long gone. I
0: miss mm-hmm. those days. I miss those days when you would wait for it. You had the anticipation. And then, you know, even for us, you know, I would wait in line for a lot of stuff to try to get it the day it was released. And then, You would read everything, you know, whether it was the tape or the album, cover to cover. Like, I could tell you Mm -hmm. the trademark date, like, what, you know, whatever the hell was on there. Mm -hmm. I read every part of it. And then you listen to it over and over and over. And yeah, there's nothing like that feeling, especially when you're with friends. Like, we've talked about this on the show before. I can remember Metallica's and Justice for All. We were literally sitting at a lunch table with a tape recorder and in the middle, and we're all just, you, the, the bomb could have gone off and we wouldn't have moved, you know, it's, oh, it's too bad, too bad. It was a whole experience. Yes, it was. The kids will yes, never do that. Unfortunately, they no. won't No, It's yeah. sad.
1: Going to the I would imagine, yeah.
0: I would imagine you guys would get a lot of stuff from Japan and from Asia quicker though. I mean, they always had special releases and shit that we never got here.
3: A lot of it. I remember reading some of the labels, especially um, just before the CDs came out, and when the CDs started coming out, a few a few guys used to bring get some stuff in. But there was mainly I remember there was only one store in all of Sydney in the city, and we used to catch a train two hour two hour train ride into town. So you leave in the morning and you go into town, and you go into um, you t- you type your Records. I think it used to be called. And uh, you'll go downstairs and, man, you could stay there most of the day. And um, you'll ask if you got the new album or the new vinyl record, whatever band. And trust me, most of the time they didn't have it because it was already sold out. Mm. And basically Mm. what they brought in is what we got exposed to. But a a lot of of Australians, they make their own mind. So we didn't just grab it and say, oh, this is great, just because we had it. Mm -hmm. A lot of records, we just said, this is shit. We're not going to listen to this crap. (laughs) So so we make up our own mind and um yeah it was it was quite quite uh quite an experience growing up that way. Just advice so you,
0: you were outside of Sydney. So Adrian, you I've were always lived
3: outside Sydney, yeah.
0: Okay. But Adrian, you were in a were you is would you consider where you grew up more remote? Or was it different because Absolutely. you had so much tourism? It was more remote?
2: Um ve- very remote. Um not as many big music stores at all. We just had a couple of little chain stores I used to go there and flick through the cassettes and, and just see what was there. I wasn't a big vinyl man, believe it or not. But um, one thing we did have here was a, a TV show, Vic will attest to this called Rage. So uh, yep. Saturday morning wow. they'd start the the top 50 countdown at about, what, 4, 30, 5 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday morning and they'd play all the top 50 counting it down to one. And um yeah, the amount of times you'd get up, you'd be sitting there eating your cereal, watching Rage, <laughs> actually recording it on your VCR so you can have it again later. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah. There, the old VCR. but um, And also in saying that they did start it, I just remembered now, it used to start at midnight on the Friday night, Saturday morning, and that's when they'd play a lot of the, new, the newer stuff, and that's where we'd get exposed to it. Well, I would get exposed to it because – uh, we only had AM radio stations, which um, were shit. And yeah, um, yeah exactly. So, FM didn't, well, oh, FM radio didn't hit up north until the early nineties. And um, yeah, yeah, and so that's when we wow. were, yeah, yeah. So that was ninety two, I believe, was a, one of the first FM radio stations up in Cairns. And um, wow. yeah, until then, it was just AM radio and a lot of older stuff. Hence your. Um, a lot of country too for some reason, which whew, yeah, Oh I my sort of God. Like, don't get me started on the kid.
0: country. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, my but this God. Is my country. Yeah, but you guys on your Australian yeah. country, so I watch a lot of Acorn TV. So I'm I would mm-hmm. say ninety-eight percent of TV that I watch, I don't have cable, is British and Australian shows. And there's a lot more New Zealand shows now, right? You're the the Aussies' obsession with country is bizarre. I don't understand it. It's terrible. I'm sorry to say it is <laughs> terrible. And now my husband makes fun of me every time one of the shows starts and it's some country music. Like uh, every song is, and it's like you're. <laughs> the shows are also like, am I watching a music video here? Am I watching a, an opera? Like why is there so much music for such long periods of time in these shows? So, yeah, mm-hmm. sorry, but I'm not a fan of your country music at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in, you're getting,
3: awesome getting, FM, <laughs> getting FM radio, it was like, you know, when uh, HDTV first came out and you could see the picture clear. So, to us, that transition, because we used to record, we used to throw a cassette and just press record and record everything. Because it, it was a rarity, at times it was a rarity, the mainstream radio mm-hmm. never used to play heavy rock. So for some of us, it was very hard. to. We couldn't listen to mainstream radio. Only when they had the top, like um, Adrian said, they had the top 50 count and they couldn't help it. And they banned. I remember very well being in high school and waiting for a certain uh, video clip to come on and it would just be banned because it was just that slight bit too heavy, too much guitar, too much metal on it. And uh, yeah, that transition from AM to FM, For the younger generation, if anyone listens to these under, say, 30 years old, just imagine when you guys are watching a really old movie that hasn't been – it's just the original tape and it's just that old picture. And when you watch an HD, it was the same for us. It was like, wow, quick – the sound it was totally different it was like an all new experiment we it was fun well oh, it was the best we p- put a loud in the car it didn't distort distortion it was awesome and adrian you attested that how good was that listen it, it was like being there it's like putting a second earbud in you know it was just yes. a complete
2: new experience so yeah it was, yes, great. It was awesome mm.
0: wow that's amazing so um Vic, what would you say were your biggest favorite Aussie bands growing up?
3: Ratcat, Love Ratcat. Cat. Um, <laughs> I actually grew my hair. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, did my, my idol and more uh, the same kind of denim, dark denim, and uh, very uh, thin, clean shaven all the time. Uh, Akadaka, of course, S-E-D-C. They, uh, they uh, always – anyone – I haven't met anyone that don't like ACDC, and if there's someone out there yeah. that just haven't listened, heard enough of, of them, you just got to listen <laughs> a bit more. Um, and of course, some of the smaller bands, because being isolated, growing up in a different generation, being isolated, you start appreciating life music much more. And um, when you go to a live show, and these guys, they're small time bands, and they're just play for you imagine a small bar a couple hundred people you know and uh none of those big concerts and um you really appreciate it you really give him credit for that and then you get other bands to make it big like silver chair they actually made it big over there first then um Mm -hmm. then -hmm. in australia and um and then they started growing i used to hate silver in the beginning i said what is this one of these wankers like and then you start listening Mm -hmm. to it and he Mm -hmm. grows on you and (laughs) <laughs> yeah, buying yeah, one of these because you know, mm. you, we used to that older style bands and some of the soft um, some of the softer pop too, some of the strong bands. You see someone make big overseas, you're always happy for them. But uh, the main ones were um ACDC and Rat Cat to me, the smaller bands, and um the Angels, the Divinals too, it's not as heavy rock, but um mm-hmm. the Divinals, they actually were one of the mm-hmm. one of the the Divinals and Let's go back even further down, um, Jimmy Barnes with Cold Chisel, The Devonals and Cole oh, Chiselle, yes. they were some of the bands yes. that they actually were there for us. They, made, they didn't make much money playing live, but they would tour the whole country. Imagine, in the States, I'm not sure, but I, I believe in the States, a lot of touring is done. In uh, stadiums, like football stadiums at a bigger. But these guys were only in the pubs, only in bars. You can only fit about 100 people in a bar. So how much money are you going to? You're not going to become a millionaire. But they just were there year after year, going and going. And that's how you grow a following, a strong, loyal following. So those two bands are up there with me. Even, even ACDC, bar to bar. The Divinals, the great music. Guys, Divinals, mm-hmm. go and listen to them. They were huge.
0: I mean, they were massive here. Massive. They were huge here. What did you guys think of Midnight Oil? Because we had a bit of a discussion um, on part one of our Aussie series about Midnight Oil and my introduction to them and um, what I learned from the band because I didn't I mean, I don't know how. Especially back when I went to school, I mean, we weren't necessarily taught about our own history. Forget anyone else's colonizer history. Um, so they opened up a lot of um, a lot of interesting discussions, especially as a teenager. Um, so I'm just curious, you know, what was that like in Australia for you guys? Because they were definitely very socio political.
3: They they were very. Uh Censor, censored in australia heavily at times Whoa. depending on which government was in power um and i think that actually worked to their advantage because like i said before life music you grow a a big following they were slightly from a for a different demographic great music great music and they polarized with their lyrics they polarized a lot of um because you got to realize you know australia being such a small country the media it still is to a certain extent, but the I media mean, was controlled mm-hmm. by certain powerful people, and the last thing they want to know is embarrassing history. And mm-hmm. these guys were just exposing everything, so mm-hmm. they were polarizing it. They were um, the great music; they were awesome, and they 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 put the money where the mouth is. They actually donated mm-hmm. a lot, yeah, a lot of money, yeah. which, which is great. Yeah, I think they lost. Um, came to us to I don't know badge, you might, you might agree with me or correct me, but it came in Sydney, Melbourne particularly, it came to a, to a time they lost a little bit um, of touch with people, especially when um, this is after they bro- broke up. Mind you, I don't know over in the States, but in Australia, when that band breaks up, they still have following. We still keep listening, to, even though there's new albums, no new albums coming in, no material no. new material. We still follow them. So we'll be listening to an album 10 years ago when someone's band doesn't exist anymore, and it was the same. If they got together tomorrow, everyone will go and watch him. So there's albums still being produced, and then with the internet coming on, being downloaded, then my guess is Midnight Oil was uh, you either love them or you hate them. There was no grey area. But they got censored a lot. So I don't know if you guys were aware Mm. of that in in the States. I I was not aware of that. I'm not surprised,
0: I'm sure the same thing will
3: happen. But... um, It was like this. That show rage. Best show ever. You know, we'll get up like six o'clock in the morning, five o'clock to listen to it. That a lot of times a video clip will not come on. If it was deemed, if it was deemed not to be appropriate for children, that's the excuse they used to use. Yeah.
0: God, so
3: many bands that came out of Seattle over there, and they'll just Cut the video. We wouldn't even watch it. It's like I'm thinking, you're kidding me? What? What did they say? Did they say one word? Mm. You know, like, oh, I don't know. What do you reckon, Um, Adrian? There, There's a few bands, a lot of bands in Australia that um that copped the the end of the stick from the media. I reckon I see this two at times.
2: Yeah. Yeah, when they weren't playing sort of mainstream stuff. But um, you're right with Midnight Oil. You either love them or you hate them. I still remember um, I missed the concert. There was one up in Cairns, and to get a concert, excuse me, up in Cairns was just unreal. But Midnight Oil actually came. There's a little place called Caranda, just to the west of Cairns, and there's an amphitheater there, and friends of mine went to it, and they said it was one of the best shows they went to purely because of the steam coming off Peter Garrett's bald head because he's put on <laughs> such a good show and gave it and gave it everything in the humidity of cans. And, yeah, the steam was just pouring off <laughs> his head. But, and, yeah, you're right. They were very controversial. But, uh, yeah, I was a fan. I, I did enjoy their music. And It's not only just um, the cultural background, but also Blue Sky Mine was one of the first ones that I that's, co- listened that's to, one. which was the asbestos mine out of Witten, at Witten Noon in yeah. Western Australia, and that was to do with the asbestos miners, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, and just to highlight the fact of that. So they, they weren't only just doing um, our cultural history; it was everything, and it's just getting mm-hmm. everyone aware of of the issues that are that are out there that were being swept under the carpet. So. It was um, definitely a good band.
3: Yeah, They were was... very anti-establishment, anti-establishment. Yes. Yeah. If you yeah. guys, anyone, anyone, anyone listening should go and um, Google up Blue Sky Mine and, um, mm-hmm. and try read the lyrics about it and, or even just a brief description that they have because you have to realise that not long ago we were under that British establishment mentality, like do as I say, no questions asked and um yeah government always said it's safe and you die 10 years later 20 years later so they were very anti-establishment mm-hmm. and they were out there just to expose the the let's, let's say the criminality that mm-hmm. the government was did in the past and doing at the time you know just simple things like that mining asbestos you know and they wrote a song about it and a lot of people found out what had happened in history like adrian said um yeah through that song
4: I'm, cu- so, yeah. I'm, curi- I'm curious to know about other countries histories uh that that parallel the u.s um so when music started to get political i know in the u.s it was probably the late 60s early 70s when it was really starting to be around the vietnam war these mm-hmm. are so when, when Things started mm-hmm. to really get political in popular music. What would you say would be that time in Australian popular music? Like with, uh, if was did it come before um, Midnight Oil or was Midnight Oil kind of like one of the
3: original? Can before can before, before? called Chisel. Remember Adrian called Chisel, the last mm. ship out of Sydney. Yeah, remember he's, he's talking about um, he's talking about of uh, the. The guy's coming back from Vietnam, all Mm. fucked up, basically. There's no other words for it. People try and – K-San.
2: Yeah,
3: K-San. That's that's one of my favorite – that's probably my favorite Australian song up there together with um, Mm -hmm. Bliss Guy Mine. And I've sang that song heaps of times, belted it out at karaoke with friends on my own. It's it's one of the best. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, yeah, Yeah. it's – yeah, man it started before called chisel and um, but the thing is that song is the way the before um no, sorry that song it's actually a little bit more in a code adrian isn't it the way jimmy barnes throws the lyrics out it's not as offensive mm. like in your face he's very smart about it like saying look you know i'm oh, depressed sure. now i've got post-traumatic depression like i don't even think at the time they, they even realized yeah. what it was it was just uh, have, mm. a, have a couple of drinks you know you to deal with it but um it started long before midnight oil the thing is a lot of the when you go back to the culture side of it a lot of the native bands they did not get much airtime unless some in their own communities but uh, anything that was anti-government anti-establishment a lot of times got censorized and and that mm. that contributed to their growth that contributed to their oh, growth sure. because you yeah, know Australians. For sure. What? Australians come, come come, from an heritage that always fought the establishment. I mean, England decided, right on, the, sh- the ships are full, send them down to the end of the world. You know, so it was always mm. anti-establishment. And then they wanted to rule, we're Iron Feast now, and mm-hmm. that never happened. We didn't have to go to war like you guys. Mm. Not yet, anyway. <laughs>
0: Well, I'll tell you, Midnight Oil was really, I think it was, it was a very defining band when they first came out and with Beds Are Burning. And um, I can remember vividly, and it's on YouTube, an interview with the band, and they were, so, it was so smart. Because they were making the correlation to the miners, the coal miners, the, the U.S. coal miners. And they were making the relations to the Native Americans and, you know, how their land was stolen. And it was just so smart and so eye-opening at the time, the age that I was at that time. And really, really, um, they had quite a platform because, in a way, they weren't talking about our history. So I think that's why the press permitted it here and they got so much the press and they were able to speak so freely because it was like, oh, you're talking about your own bullshit. That's fine. Just don't talk about our bullshit too much, and we'll let you keep talking. So, I mean, they were really able to get their point across in in ways that I mean, and what better source of media to do that in than the United States, especially back then. So, um, you know, I, I will always respect them for that, and hats off to them for you know, sparking a conversation that may not have ha- you know, happened. And, you know, opening our eyes to our own injustices as well. So I would have to say they're probably my favorite band out of Australia.
1: They've, they've influenced a lot of American musicians. So that, that came true. in the early 90s. I mean, you watch an interview interviews with Eddie Vedder or Billy Joe from Green Day, and they always list Midnight Oil as one of their mm-hmm. big influences. So big
3: bands took from yeah.
0: them. Yeah, they Peter were Garrett massive.
3: The government. You, you guys probably aware Peter Garrett went on and became a politician yeah his parliament
1: right oh wow. yeah
3: yeah he went he yeah. joined the Labour yeah. Party and he actually he did a, a couple of good things but then he just couldn't handle the ugly side of it and he just he got out in the end Smart
0: that's move. the that's the shame though is that mm. so many people not to turn this into a political discussion but I mean this has happened before with our you know musicians or artists or actors um you know it, if you have the, if you want to do something good, you you know, your inclination would be, well, let me get in there where the power is, you know, and then do good by the people. And it just it doesn't work like that, unfortunately. So that's a common thread. If you really have the right, um, if you're really doing it for the right reasons, it usually isn't successful, which is a damn shame. That's
3: correct. That's correct, yeah, Mm -hmm. unfortunately.
0: And on that note, um, I'm going to play a little song, and then we will wrap it up. So that is Cold Chisel with "When the War Is Over." What a voice! Holy crap!
3: Mm, yes, yes. If what you a, guys come yeah. come to Australia, we'll go down to Georgia and then we'll we'll drive another <laughs> Alfa and we'll go and see Jimmy Barnes because he's got his it. country country home down there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or maybe we'll <laughs> pick up, Jim, up maybe we'll pick up Jimmy Barnes, and we'll go to Georgia and get drunk <laughs> there.
0: There you
1: yeah. go. I'm <laughs> Sounds
3: in. Sounds like a plan to me.
0: I'm in. As soon as uh, we kick coronavirus ass, I'm
3: there. Let's do it. I just want to say something. I just want to say something that I just want to say thank you to a radio station in Australia. While all the mainstream was refused to play some of the heavier rock and sometimes not rock at all. You'll spend days and days without listening to a rock song. But there was a radio station in Australia. That they captured it. Triple M. Adrian, I'm sure you'll agree with me. Mm, if it wasn't absolutely. for Triple M, yep. I don't think either, either of us will be here talking about rock in these uh, podcasts. No.
2: Nah.
4: Triple M. No, nah,
2: not. And look, I, I got exposed to Triple M when I moved to Brisbane in 97. So, yeah, that's when I, it, it just blew my mind. I'm like, wow, they're actually playing this stuff on the radio. And, um, but, yes, yeah, the, the cultures, or the midnight oil, the angels, the divine oils, all the stuff we have talked about. And that was just – and then they play the new stuff, your powder finger, you know, even the old Hoodoo gurus and, and stuff like that. It's just um, one of – it's the radio station to listen to when you're here in Australia. It's as simple as that. Working class, it's, it's working class Australia men. Australia-wide now.
3: Yes, mm. working class men all over Australia, where you're a miner working in the, on the fields, truck, especially truck driving. Mm. That would mm. be switched on to triple M. And that's why you listen to it. Because a lot of the rock songs, especially coming from Australia, would be about the working life, working on the mm-hmm. mine, tracking, mm. driving days nonstop. And now, yeah, I'll just like to thank Triple M because wow, if it wasn't for them, yeah, we wouldn't we would have missed out on a lot.
0: So Triple M Sydney was launched in 1980. And um and then you got uh I'm trying to read through it really quick because I'm just curious. But, yes, mm. and then there was several, you know, uh, you have a Brisbane, Adelaide, Perth, and so on and so on. But the first one was Sydney in 1980. So this is a good time to start a radio station, I'll tell you.
3: Mm. Yeah, and they, um, they went through tough times too because a lot of, you need the licensing. Mm. And there was always limited licensing, especially for the FM stations at the time and uh, yeah it was hard for them and not everyone's going to advertise with you when you're mm-hmm. playing uh, not mainstream mm-hmm. stuff but um good point they kept at it mm-hmm. they kept at it good and point. um yeah and especially some of the bands going to america and doing really well over there coming back with a little bit of money and they're going for those interviews you know mm-hmm. live interviews and uh triple m actually transmitted some live live uh, concerts a lot of midnight oil concerts a lot of cold chisel mm-hmm. jimmy barnes yep. concerts angels and uh you imagine being on the other side of, of the country and listening to a concert. Wow. You know, it was amazing. It was, it was just, it was like for us, it was like um, electric cars coming on, or space travel. It was, it was unbelievable. It was something that being a part of life. It just uh, doesn't matter if written down the shits. Especially being a lot of teenagers being isolated, you switch on Triple M if you could. And with time, of eventually, with more antennas being set up, with time, it's expanded to um, throughout the country. So um, thank you, Triple mm. M.
0: MMM. Yes, thank you, Triple M. That's awesome. Cheers. Yep. Well, Cheers thank you, guys, one. so much for being on the show with us tonight. Thank you so much for sending the samples. I really appreciate it. I've enjoyed everything that was sent to me. And thank you, Adrian, for my Tim Tams, which I can't eat ah. now, ah. but I will. Ah. I... <laughs> I no, blew yeah. through my other one that he sent me. They were gone they and gone.
4: <laughs> when we're out of here, we got to do the Tim Tam Slam. Okay, so next <laughs> we'll
0: do it when I, can, I can't I can eat anything right now. So yeah. when I'm able to start eating again, we're going to do it. I promise. We're going to do yeah. the Tim Tam Challenge, and I'm doing it with my builder's tea because that's my favorite tea. So, boom, we're going to do it. Me and you, say, and, and say I'll tell right, you.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, my God. Matt, I'll give you some Tim Tams, too, because you're all right. I'll give you some at the office, and we'll all do it together, definitely. So (laughs) thank you so much for – yeah, thanks for your support. Thanks for hanging out with us. This was an awesome show. And uh, that's our Aussie series, not a Kiwi series. No. (laughs) Thanks, guys.
2: Thank you for having us. Well, yeah, thank you very much. It's been great.
1: Matt? guys. All right. So follow us on Instagram, please, at Metal Rock Whiskey. And we are on Twitter at Metal Whiskey. Want to thank our guests again. Great time. Again, thank you guys for making the time coming on. Huge time difference, obviously, but we got it done. That's what's important. So uh, follow and subscribe on our YouTube channel, Metal Rock Whiskey, of course. If you watch, make sure to hit that thumbs up and turn on that bell right below this video here to get the uh, notifications every time we upload new content. Uh, of course, all three of us, all five of us are all over the socials.
3: Yes. You can
1: find me if you want to see what I'm drinking. If you want to see pictures of my cute fucking kids, um, you can follow me <laughs> at the Whiskey Obsessor. The whiskey cute. Save the E. Yeah, they're, they're kind of cut cute. Her. They're kind of cute.
0: Ben <laughs> yeah. the Chin. Happy birthday, Ben!
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Happy birthday. The big, the, big, the big one.
0: Yes. The big one. Uno.
1: Yes. Uno. Not
0: one chin, but he's one years old
1: one year old multiple chins <laughs> one year
0: <laughs> i love it um uh vic and adrian do you want to tell the folks where they can find you on the socials
2: yeah well um i'm mainly on instagram as you can see written on the bottom there is uh that underscore whiskey save the e underscore place um just something a little bit i've got going in the background uh hopefully to be up and running later but um yeah that's where i'm i'm found there just happy to chat whiskey and yeah always uh, always up for a chat
3: you guys can find me also on instagram uh vic.whiskey with the e i <laughs> took actually took that name one day we're playing around at work and one guy goes why don't you call yourself vic whiskey and i go God, that's a bit corny, isn't it? He goes, no, no, you know your whiskey. I go, yeah, come on, man. And then he goes, mm-hmm. and then he showed me the Morse code, uh, not the Morse code. The, um, yeah, the Morse code thing. Um, and then in front of it had another code in there, Tango and all that. That for the for the, each letter. And he goes, look, Vic, whiskey. And I go, wow. <laughs> so yes, mm-hmm. I took it from there, took his advice, and yeah, Vic.whiskey. dot whiskey. And as long as my Nose and palate. Thank you, Adrian. That was a very nice compliment when you said at the beginning of the show. Got a good nose. Um, as long as my nose and palate mm. are refined, I'll keep doing um, reviews. And um, as soon as my palate decides to turn to shit, <laughs> well, I'll stop reviewing. I'll just post photos. <laughs> until that. then, I'll keep <laughs> reviewing, and um, I buy my stuff. I don't accept free bottles from uh, distillers or anything, because if you are a distiller, yeah. You know, it costs a lot of money to um, a lot of a lot of influencers will not like this, but um, it costs mm-hmm. a lot of money to make whiskey. It's not for free. Yep. So, last thing you should be doing is asking for free shit from distillers. <laughs> 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 Touché.
0: All right. Well. Yeah. I am Sailor Guevara. I'm easy to find all over the place on Instagram and Facebook. You can also find me at Sailor Cocktails on Instagram. And just so I can make Ed happy tonight, you can also purchase a cocktail box or a whiskey tasting box or a cigar and whiskey tasting box from SailorGuevara.com. Mr. Matthew helps me pack up those kits and uh, we have a great time. It's a dream come true. And all of you that support um, have supported us, it's been phenomenal and I appreciate it so much. And uh, we have a new cocktail mix coming out soon that will be the official cocktail mix of metal, rock, and whiskey. Just a little dab will do it in your whiskey. So I cannot wait to release that. So stay tuned to sailorgavara.com. And uh, if you want to talk politics and hear me rant, you can find me on Twitter. Otherwise, fuck off. Ed,
4: fantastic.
0: <laughs> I can attest
4: to the uh, cocktail boxes; they are they are good. And if you want to find me or follow me, you can find me on Instagram, hanging out there usually at Bourbon Geek. And uh, hey, listeners, if you love us or even just like us, do what Matt said. Go to our page, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, show us a little love. It doesn't cost you a cent, but it really helps us out. So we'd really appreciate it. And uh, other than that, tune in next time for another episode of Metal Rock, and Whiskey.
0: And on that note, I don't know if I have a major fuck you tonight. Um, It's probably the least amount of cursing I've done on a show in a long time, to be honest. Um, So how's about We just listen to a song From a lovely lady Instead Is everything
1: broken
3: If I could take it back Even for a moment Because some nights I want that Should I call you
4: I could try to explain But I'll just make The same mistake So I'll just lie here Lock away these words, just keep them inside me If you only knew how much it hurts But if I'm honest In the cold light of day, I'll be okay